0: I'm excited about next weekend. You know, next weekend here it's going to be Easter. It's just around the corner. I believe it's going to be one of the largest and most successful that we have ever experienced here at CCOG. You know, I'm excited about what God is going to do. And there's a lot of great statistics that follow with Easter. And and I'm just going to throw a couple out at you here for a minute. 80% of our culture or Americans consider Easter as a major holiday. Well, I wish it was 100, but that's okay. All right. 68% of Americans say that Jesus rose from the dead. So let's put this out there. Let's put this into perspective. This is the best time of the year for you to invite someone who is unchurched to church. They're more likely to say yes now than any other time of the year. All right? So get out there. Get people here. It's going to be a great day. I promise you I won't embarrass you too much. All right? So we've been looking at cross encounters, this idea that if you're not encountering the power of God or you've not encountered the power of God, that you might simply just this. You're not looking in the right place. I believe when we want to encounter the power of God, we would obviously direct our attention or that we should be directing our attention to the cross. Our theme scripture 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18 says this, for the message of the cross is what foolishness to those who are what perishing but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. So let's wrap that all up in one quick statement. The message of the cross is the power of God. Now if we don't know the power or if we have not encountered the power of God firsthand within our lives it's safe to say that we have not been looking in the right place simply stating that we've been looking in the wrong place and if you want to encounter anything if you want to encounter anything that has worth something of value you must encounter it within its environment in the right spot if you want to encounter a great terrifying roller coaster you don't look on YouTube Have you guys I'm guilty of this I love watching the amusement park rides that are high-thrilled, and people, and they got the camera on them, and they just like Pfft, pass out, and they'd wake up. And Pfft. Has anybody ever seen them? All right, good. There's a couple of you. All right, I love those, right? And let me tell you something. I, um, when I was youth pastoring in West Virginia, I, uh, I, 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 I take my, my youth group, one, um, one event, to a place called Carowinds, and it's an amusement park in Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, we went there, and I think I was probably like, I don't know, I would say like 24 at the time, 25, something like that. And uh, I took a fairly large group with us, so I had many, um, many, understand, I had many chaperones with me. There's a reason why you need to understand that there's many. And, and so we get there, and I, I have this girl within my youth ministry. She was about 13 years of age. She had a nickname. She was called Cutie, all right? And that's the only way I can remember her name even to this day. And uh, I, c- I couldn't tell you what her real name is. But anyway, so we're there, and she sees this ride. It's called a sky coaster, right? I don't know if you guys know what those are. It's you get, they, they strap you uh, in this mechanism that looks like a, uh, something like in, in an ambulance, like, you know, the board that they put you on, you know what I'm talking about? They're esc- anyway, all right. So they put you on there, then they strap a bungee cord to your back, and then they raise you up like 200 feet in the air, and then they drop you, and you free fall and take off, right? She looks at me, and she's like, Pastor Kevin, Pastor, I want to ride that ride. And I'm like, go for it. I'm going to stand right here, and I'm going to watch you ride that ride, you know? And, And so, you know, her and I, we go up, to the stand where you got to go, you know, at the beginning of the line and all this, and there's a liability release form. And it says you have to be 16 or older to ride it by yourself. (laughs) If not, you have to be strapped to somebody 18 or older to ride. And she looks at me with them eyes. Pastor Kevin, I paid all this money to go on this trip. We're going to ride this ride, aren't we? I said, you are, and I'm going to get one of my youth leaders, and they're going to go with you, right? So she's expecting, she's wanting to do this. All my youth leaders, I look, boom, they scatter. You know, typical church people, all right? So, so here I am, I'm going, well, you know what? Let's ride some other stuff first, you know? Well, let's, let's get comfortable with all the other thrill rides. Let's have a good time thinking in my mind this young girls gonna forget about this ride know this they never forget they never forget so we go throughout the day and it's about time to get to the bus and uh, she looks at me she goes "Uh, Pastor Kevin I haven't rode that ride yet and I'm looking and my youth leaders are nowhere to be found again you know and she's like we're gonna ride that ride because I paid all this money to go on this trip to have a great encounter with what I want to get involved, in. I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, okay, we're gonna ride it. So we get in line, and and here's what they do, right? They 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 she, she gets on the. I remember I was on this side, she was on this side. They put this board on you, and and then all of a sudden they strap you, you know, they they put the bungee cords on both of you, and and all of a sudden the guy looks at me, goes, the floor's gonna drop out, and you're just gonna go, boom, like that. I was like, oh, oh. And he looks at me, he goes, now here's the deal. When you get up there, somebody's got to pull this cord in order for you to go. And he goes, I suspect you're the one. I said, nope, she's doing it. Because if you get me up there and I got to pull the cord, it ain't ever happening. We're going we'll to, st- I'm still in that thing, all right? So we get up, you know, we're up there and, and she's like, she's, she's hyped, man. She's like, woo! You know what I mean? And I'm going, what is wrong with you? I wish you loved Jesus this much. Because we're about to meet him. You know, so here she so so they pull us up, and I can see all of Caroline's, I can see all of Charlotte, I can see my house in West Virginia, you know? And I see all my youth leaders standing going, We're praying for you, Pastor Kevin. And I'm going, I hate you all. And and so we get up there and 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 they and she's talking to me. And I look, I said, I don't want to talk to you. I don't like you right now. Maybe, maybe by Wednesday I'll like you again, you know? And so we get up there and, 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 and all of a sudden she goes, now I'm pulling the cord. I said, yes, you are. And, and then this, this thing goes, three, two. And then the guy's like, nah, three. It goes, one, and then it goes, three, two. And I'm like, oh my gosh, pull the cord. And it goes, three, two, one. And she goes, wham. And we go free falling. And all of a sudden, that thing kicks in and goes, woof. And I'll never forget it. I was hating going up. I was hating coming down. But when that thing caught and I knew we were good, I was like, oh, it was an amazing moment. Now, I can say it was an amazing moment, but I'm never going back on that ride again. (laughs) But I would have never known how amazing it was if I would never have what? Encountered. All right, so now what we're going to look at is this. We want to encounter the power of God. You know, if you want to encounter the power of God, you've simply got to go to the cross. We must each in our own way go to the cross and allow ourselves to encounter what this power is all about. Last week, we looked at some of the uh, guys that were there uh, at the cross. They experienced firsthand what it meant to encounter the cross. We looked at these three men who were, criminals, they were sinners, they were what? Murderers, they made mistakes, they were uh, very human, just like you and myself, and they were sentenced on that specific day to die. We looked at them, uh, for the, and we, we were able to learn some things about them, maybe some things that we can identify within our own lives, and which. Each of these lives that we could see, they simply all had a different encounter, but each one encountered the cross. We looked at this guy here named Barabbas. He was supposed to die and hang on the very same cross that Jesus was on. All right. Um, But as we know, we saw through the story that Jesus simply did this, what he stepped in his place. We know that Barabbas was a murderer. He didn't deserve to be pardoned. That day, but yet Jesus still stepped in in the thick of it with him. Jesus gives us a clear picture through the story of Barabbas that you know what? Step aside. I am going to take your place. I am thankful that Jesus has taken my place. Aren't you? What we learn from him is that what we need to do is simply this: receive it. We don't know what happened with Barabbas' life from that moment on. We don't know if he received. That, that, that cross encounter. We don't know that if he received anything from that moment other than his freedom. Then we looked at this other guy. We called him the scoffer, if you recall. He was one of the criminals that hung next to Jesus, and he scoffed, or he made fun of Jesus in, in the sense of saying, oh, you're the son of God, and you've done all these great things, but yet you can't take yourself off this cross. You know, when we doubt, and and have our own idea of who simply God is or who he is not, we need to believe regardless. We need to exercise the faith that's within side of us that God has given all of us. And then we looked at the other criminal. We looked at the worshiper. This guy taught us something completely different. He's not only acknowledged his own sin, but he also acknowledged who Jesus was. He basically had this attitude of worship, and the scripture tells us that he, what, he cried to Jesus and said, look, you know what, remember me when you get to your kingdom, and what I love was the words that Jesus said back to him were simply, you know what, from today you will be with me in paradise. We understand that this guy, he needed to receive, um, and, 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 and he did, but you know what, we, we, we see here that The first one, he needed to receive. The second one, that he needed to believe. And then the third one, understanding that we need to have an act of worship coming out of us. One of the cool things uh, this week, and as a pastor, this is really encouraging to get, is I received an email from uh, somebody here within the church and said, Pastor, I just want to let you know that the message that that you brought forth Sunday, and and, and, you know what, I'm a follower of Christ, but it, it compelled me enough to say, you know what, I want to have a recommitment. I want to recommit my life. I remember Sunday morning as I gave the, uh, the, the introduction to Jesus and, and giving people the opportunity to give their lives, so many hands shooting straight up saying, you know what, I want to encounter the cross. There's nothing like that. There's nothing like encountering the cross. There's nothing like accepting Jesus Christ as our Savior. Last week, it was What we need to do. But this week, I want us to look at something differently. And that is, how do we encounter this? In other words, like, what is the key? So we're going to look at three more stories. Three more people who had a cross encounter. And we're going to start off. Let's take a look in the book of Luke, uh, chapter 23, verse 26. We're going to jump in here. It says, As the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way from the country and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. Now, what I want you to understand here is Cyrene is actually in North Africa. So obviously this man has traveled a long way, but we're gonna give him a nickname today and we're gonna call him this, the bystander. The bystander is simply someone who's coming into town, he sees a ruckus, he sees everything happening around And probably curiosity has kind of overtaken his emotional side and said, you know what, I want to press in a little bit and actually see what is going on. So he presses in and he begins to see these criminals carrying their cross. But then he looks and he sees a third man carrying his cross, a man who was beaten, a man who who was a, a crown of thorns just moments or hours earlier were pressed upon his head. A man that was beaten with the, with, with, with the cat of nine tails and then 39 lashes were given to him. Reason not 40 because in the Jewish belief if it were 40, he would have died. They wanted to make his pain long. His suffering is excruciating. So here's this third man carrying his cross. We understand that, the, that they even believe that Jesus was almost unrecognizable in this moment but he's still carrying, struggling, carrying his cross. Blood dripping from him, flesh torn from him, but this man hears the ruckus and the people are spitting upon this man named Jesus, mocking him, making fun of him, falsely accusing him. Jesus carrying his cross, struggling with it. I wonder for us, that some of us, within our relationship of God, have ever become unengaged. I, I think about this man named the bystander because uh, we, we read that he was just—he was from a different country and he made his way there. And 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 the ruckus is going all around, and he's there. One moment he's unengaged, but the next moment he's drawn in because of the cross. And I sit there and I think sometimes that even as followers of Christ, you and I, we become unengaged. Watch us We look on during worship times. Our mind scatters around as the word of God is being brought forth. Simon, in this moment, that's his name, the bystander, has lost control of the situation. And now all of a sudden, he's no longer a bystander, but now he's participating in this moment. We read that he's what? Thrusted into the middle of it. Now he finds himself with Jesus' cross on his back. Now the blood that was dripping from Jesus, from the cross, is now dripping on him. He was powerless, but yet he was encountering the power of the cross. See, we like control. We want to be in control of things. We want to be in control of what happens around us. And we don't like sometimes when we are no longer in control, especially of what? Stressful situation. It makes us uncomfortable. A lot of people think that control is good. We think that it's helping, but when it comes to encountering the power of God, being in control actually brings a hindrance to you and I. Listen, there are a lot of things that can benefit us at the cross. We read in Luke 9, 23, it says, Then he said to all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must do what? Deny themselves and take up their cross daily. And then do what? Follow me. For whoever wants to save their life, in other words, whoever wants to stay in control will simply lose it. But whoever loses their life or simply lets go, right? Right? Let's go it says let's go for who for me or for Christ we'll save it now what i want you to understand and is is you know i will never do that bungee experience ever again you can get me to any amusement park you want to and you're not going to strap that bungee cord on my back ever again But what I can say is that when that moment happened, and I was not in control of it, this 13-year-old little girl was, it was one of those thrilling moments. It was just like, wow. But yet, I would have never experienced it if I was in control. There's things within your life that you would never have experienced it before if you were in control, especially spiritually within your life. We want to experience a move of God We want to worship God. We want God to encounter in our lives. But yet we won't demonstrate an act of worship in what? Letting go of our pride and ego. We want to stay what? In control of the situation or in control of the movement. Rather than allowing the Holy Spirit to move how he sees fit. Oh God, I want you, but Lord, in my terms. God, I want to experience your power, but let's not get crazy about this. Not too many amens on that one. The promise of the cross guarantees victory within our lives. That's why it's so valuable to us. That's the power that you and I, that we can encounter. Look, life won't be easy at the cross. There's going to be times where it's messy. You've experienced that within your life. There's be times where scandal could come about where you might even feel embarrassed. How embarrassing was it for Simon that day to be carrying a cross that was not meant for him? But yet he was thrusted into the situation and he no longer had control of it. This man, when we are looking to encounter the power of God, we need to know this. We need to go to the cross and surrender your control. Surrender and encounter or keep control and stay the same. What do you want? I get so many people who tell me, look, pastor, you know, I want to feel the Lord more in my life. I want to experience him more in my life. Stay in control and you'll stay the same. Allow God to move and have control, let go of it, and you will then begin to experience a move like you've never experienced before. There's nothing like it. Thank you. All right, the next person we're going to take a look at is someone that rarely is spoken about. Number two, the executioner. A Roman centurion, he is high up within military ranks, He is well-respected. He has power. He has authority. He has a reputation. He's been in charge of this entire execution process. He is there. Who knows? He might have been the guy who placed the crown of thorns on Christ's head. Or he might have been the guy sitting back giving orders for everyone else. He's probably been through so many of these moments and, and I, I would say probably thousands or hundreds or thousands of these moments, and potentially has become numb to it. No emotion. Just going through the routine. He's not only a Roman citizen, but he's one who has power. He has studied the Roman way, the Roman government He knows all about it. He has more than likely been in the military for at least 20 years up to this point. When he attained this position, it is said that he would have received 20 times what his pay was previously. This wasn't a grunt. This was a high prestigious position within this military. He was highly paid. He was highly skilled. He was highly selected. We know that the Romans, they were what? They were educational. So this guy was highly intelligent, respected. He was smart. His God was not our God. His God was not Jesus. His God was simply Caesar. He was completely far away as possible as he could be, but yet overseeing this entire process of Jesus Christ. Now let's take a look in the scripture uh, right around verse 44, it says, it was now about noon and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. Verse 45, for the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Now, what I want you to see here is here you have this centurion who has gone through hundreds, if not thousands of these moments for many years, he's done so many, but all of a sudden this situation The environment that he's in now is completely different than any other environment that he's been in before. There's things naturally that are happening around him that have never lined up as they have like in this moment. It's the middle of the day. The Bible says pretty much what? It is pitch black. This guy, full of knowledge, authority, power, I can't help but think, but begins to tremble. What in the world? What in the world is going on? I've been through so many of these before. But the environment is different. This feels strange to me. There's something. We have done something. Now watch this. Let's look. Verse 46. Jesus called out with a loud voice. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, He breathed his last. And then it goes directly to who? The centurion. Verse 47. The centurion seeing what had happened. He did something miraculous in this moment. He's a hardened man. He's a hardened man. He's a man of government. He's a man who goes through routine. He's a man that does not show emotion. But watch this. The centurion seeing what had happened did something. He praised God. God and said surely this was a righteous man or some other versions actually say surely he was the son of God what does that tell me it doesn't matter how hard a person can be if they can get near the cross of Jesus Christ it will break down every barrier and every wall within their life and bring them to a place where we will say Lord you are Lord you are God You are majestic. You are the Almighty. There is none like you. You are the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. You are the creator of all things. You look after me. You show faith toward me. You have shown grace. You have shown mercy. You have shown compassion. You have shown love. Can you imagine the emotional moment that happened in that man's life for him to go from a hardened executioner to, wow, I praise the Almighty. All of a sudden, everything changed. This man no longer had an argument. He no, longer, he no longer needed the education that the Roman government gave him of what he was to worship and what he was not to worship. He had a real-life encounter with Jesus at the cross. I love this Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. It says this, We demolish arguments in every protection, that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to who? Christ. In other words, don't allow your mind or your intellect to stop you from encountering God. Don't allow the wall that you have built up between you and God. Don't allow a failed relationship. Don't allow unforgiveness to keep a division between you and God. And God, when you are looking for the encounter, we look at the cross and we receive the power of God. So, what do we do? We go to the cross and we surrender simply this our arguments. We surrender our control to encounter the power of Christ. Now, we're going to look at one more person who would obviously be the most important person to learn from and, and see. Uh, a surrender to encounter, and that is this, number three, the Savior, the man Jesus. He was God. He was man. Hours before he hung on a cross, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, agonizing in prayer. You know, I I bring this up quite often, and, and I can't help to bring it up. It really doesn't flow within the message, but I want to say this to you guys. You look in the passage there where Christ was in the garden and you see several moments or several opportunities there where he went back and what did he do? He looked at his disciples and said, what are you doing? You're fallen asleep. I'm in my most agonizing moment. I'm in my most painful moment. I'm in a moment where I need you the most because the man side of me is really at surface right now. The spiritual side of me is... Kind of behind a little bit. And I need help, guys. I need you to be praying for me. And what does the Bible say? He went back, and he went back, and he went back. And what were they? They fell asleep. And doesn't and that not happen sometimes with your friends? Sometimes you think they're supposed to be around, and what are they? They've fallen asleep. Bunch of jokers, right? You know, here's how I see it there's times in your life where your close friendships, God allows to fall asleep simply because he's got more for you and he wants to develop you rather than you depending on others to develop you. I need the power of God to develop me rather than those of my close circle to develop me. Because when God develops me, he creates something in me beautiful. When man develops me, there's corrupt. All right, so here he is. He's at war with himself, with what he's about to face. He had a choice to make. Go to the cross so that Kevin could have a relationship with my father. But he's a man. He's flesh and bone. He's about to be beaten. He, he's about to have a, a, thorn, a, a crown of thorns shoved on his head. He's about his skin to be ripped off his back. He's about to be nailed to the cross. This is a very agonizing moment. The human side of him is coming out. It's fighting. A side where even him in the flesh possibly didn't even want to surrender. Just like you and I, there's times where what? We don't want to surrender. We don't want to let go of control and, and let go of our arguments. But we, as we read in the Bible, we understand that he ended up sweating drops of blood. That's a pressured moment, isn't it? That's a moment of high anxiety right there. That's some serious prayer that's going on. It was Jesus, the man. The flesh had a will. And it wasn't what the will of God was. But Jesus paints a picture for us that's beautiful. Let's take a look. Luke chapter 22, verse verse 42 says, Father, if you are willing, watch this, I love this. Take this cup from me. In other words, Please don't make me do this. Please don't make me get involved. But then he does something very clear. He says, yet my will, not my will, but what? Yours be done. Not my will, Father, but your will be done. When's the last time you prayed that? When's the last time you really took a look at yourself in the mirror, spiritually speaking? Uh, James tells us the word of God is what? What is it to us? It is a mirror. It is something that we are to get into so that it can reflect back into us. So that God can show us the areas of our lives that are not lining up with his word. Or more importantly, that's not lining up with the purpose, the plan, the will that he has for your life. So when's the last time that you spent a moment... With God and said, Lord, I need this life not to be about me and what I want. But Father, I need this life to be about you and what you want out of it. There's nothing like being in the will of God. There's nothing like doing what God has called you to do or set you aside to do. Not everybody's called to be a prophet, uh, an apostle, a pastor, a teacher. Not everybody's called to, to lead worship or to be a musician or to be a sound man or a greeter or no, but we are all called specifically with a purpose. And when you live out that purpose, regardless of the pain that naturally it may cause sometimes spiritually, it's so rewarding in understanding where your ultimate goal is. And what is that? Heaven with your savior. So here we have Jesus in this moment. He's saying, you know what, God? It's not about my will, but yours be done. He's repeating the prayer that he taught the disciples of what should be included in their prayers, the Lord's prayer. Lord, your kingdom come. What? Your will be done. I saw this quote. I loved it. A Bible teacher said this, the perfect will of God for your life would be that you would want would be what you would want if you could see your future. The perfect will of God for your life would be what you would want if you could see your future. Now, this is what Jesus did. He was able to think past the cross. He was able to look beyond the pain. He was able to look beyond the struggle, beyond the the ridicule, The embarrassment, because he saw what the end goal was. Even Jesus, in this moment, had to encounter the cross. So what should challenge you and I in understanding that to go to the cross, you must surrender your will. Just like the bystander, surrender control and let go. Like Peter, his argument when he, what, leaped out of the boat. And what did he do? He walked on water. The centurion surrendered his argument. And then Jesus, the greatest, the greatest example, surrendered his will. Surrender is the key to how we receive, to how we believe, to how we worship. Would you stand with me this morning? message of the cross, encountering the cross, having a cross encounter is essential for all of us in our walk with Christ look I can't be a a, a pastor and, and, and bring forth the word of God if I'm not daily having a cross encounter how can you live a life successfully spiritually speaking If you're not allowing there to be a cross encounter within your life. It's not enough just for the knowledge and the education or the know-how of the scriptures. But we need to allow ourselves to encounter it. To have a moment with it. Just like these other examples that I gave, the bungee cord thing. Encountering it and looking back and going, wow, what a moment like going to a stadium and and, and encountering a, a, a professional team and encountering that environment, there's nothing like it. The same comes to the cross. There's nothing like it. I wonder, have you encountered it? Have you had that moment in your life where you have encountered the cross? My hope and belief today is that for every one of us who are a follower of Christ, we can honestly say, Yes, we've encountered it. But there could be in people in this room today who you might say, Pastor, I don't know. I'm not sure if I have, or simply, you know what? I haven't. I want to make sure when you leave here today that you can say, I've encountered the cross. That I've accepted this man, Jesus Christ, to be my Lord and Savior. I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes this morning. you to be in this prayerful moment just reflecting in your life. Where are you in Jesus right now? We've looked at six men in two weeks and we have seen how each one of them have had an encounter with the cross. But I don't want us to look at these men any longer for the next moment. I want you to look at you. Have you had an encounter at the cross? The first encounter you can always have is Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. Make me whole again. I want to ask that question today. If that is you, and you've not accepted Christ as your Savior, and you want to make today that day, I just want you to slip up your hand. I see that hand. I see, the, I see that hand. I see those hands. Wow. Can we do this as a church, as a, as a body of believers? You can put those hands right down. We're going to say this boldly, together, enthusiastically, all right? Here we go. Let's pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, today I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me my sins. Cleanse me and help me live for you from this moment on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Now watch this. That's not the only encounter you need to have with the cross. You need to have more than that. Daily, you need to strive to have an encounter at the cross. Seeking after the Lord through what? Prayer, through reading his word, through a season of fasting, which we do as a church every year. Encountering the cross, allowing the Holy Spirit to touch you right where you are. And you know, I, I could give the question of who wants to encounter the cross today. And I would say just every one of us should be holding our hand up. Because you know what? Look, your pastor wants to encounter the cross. I want to encounter the cross, not just today, I want to encounter it tomorrow, and the day after, and the day after, and the day after, and the day after, and I want to keep encountering. Why? Because I know when I encounter it, it flows off onto someone else, because someone else now gets to encounter the cross. Why? Because the same spirit that God has dwells in me. And watch this, Jesus is contagious. He's contagious. People want to be around joy. They're looking for happiness. They need to strike that out. Happiness is a season. Joy is permanent. Joy comes from Jesus. So let's pray this prayer together. Father, we love you and we thank you for this day. I thank you for every person here today. My prayer, Lord, that as those who wanted to give their life to you has done that. But Father, the remainder of us are here today as followers of you. And we're asking God. We want to encounter your cross daily. Let us surrender ourselves, our will to you. Let us believe in you. Let us worship in you. Let us receive you. Let us not allow uh, control to take over. Let us let go of control and allow you, God, to reign how you want within our life. Speak to us, God. Surround us with your angels protecting us, Lord. Breathe the breath of life into us. May we excitingly, Lord, get into your word daily. May we every day come before you, the throne of you, Lord, through prayer. God, may we daily go after you like we have never done before from this moment on, Father. So God, move in the lives of your people. Touch them. God, if there's relationships that are on the rocks right now, God, I ask that relationship to go to the cross. Finances that are crumbling, Lord, go to the cross. Career situations, job situations that are in question, go to the cross. Whatever it may be, Father. Psychological issues, Lord, we go to the cross. Father, we bring them to you right now. And we ask God, touch each one according to your purpose and plan. So, Father, as we leave here today, as the psalmist said, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name and the church says, Thank you. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. I'm e